Why is it the same repetitive mistakes continue to rob salespeople of more commission checks, regardless of industry, size of company, or region of the globe? These same inhibitors are holding us back from reaching our full potential. Amongst many industry awards, Ian Selby achieved the accolade of top salesperson in the world at Apple. And in this podcast, he will discuss the issues that sales professionals encounter from his own experiences, confessing to the problems he has endured and how he overcame them, giving the benefit of his wisdom to everyone listening who work in the world of sales. To help you, he will reveal strategies to overcome the issues hurting salespeople and helping you reach new levels of sales success. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins. With your host, Ian Selby. Welcome to Confessions of a Sales Pro. My very special guest today is Brian Morgan, president of Think Deeply, Write Clearly. Brian founded Think Deeply, Write Clearly in 2018 after being the managing editor of New York City's premier planning and environmental firm for over 16 years, where he worked on projects like the World Trade Center and Moynihan Station. Think Deeply and Write Clearly was built to address the most costly, unnoticed expense in business, how to write or speak incredible detail inside an audience's attention span. His system saves companies their excess, often unbillable, editable hours, and also creates more credible thought leadership, content marketing, and more efficient sales calls. Whatever language works with the same everywhere. Brian currently makes several sales on LinkedIn per week, posting only twice per week and not paying for costly advertising or any automation. His corporate clients include the United States Federal Reserve and Aon, several mid-sized engineering firms, and his system has helped hundreds of entrepreneurs improve their credibility in their marketing and sales systems. Brian, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It is awesome to be here with you, Ian. It's, uh, I know you're busy. Things are going, uh, going really well for you in New York, and that's, that's fantastic. Uh, so thanks for taking the time out to share your wisdom with the listeners today, Brian. Most really appreciate say, the opportunity. Go ahead. Oh, no, no certainly our pleasure. Our pleasure, uh, sir, for sure. Most people would say they write well enough that as they've been through college and they don't need further instruction. Yet you seem to convince people routinely that's not true and they need your system. What is that most of us are missing, Brian? What's the missing link for us all? It's a great question. Um, here's the game. And I, and I, I with, with love to my university colleagues i i teach in two of them i'm very lucky not to have to do that but i love the students and i don't have kids and that's how i give back and um we learned language poorly if we really think of it so th- so let's go back 50,000 years or 100,000 years how, how did we develop language like what what was the purpose of it right let's go all the way back there so the Neanderthals are coming at you and me, Ian, and and we and they could beat us, right? One on one, they're gonna beat us, right? And so, and so, but a hundred to a hundred, we beat them, right? So so there's human development that we miss, 
right? We missed this, that, that this is how it all happened. But human development requires collaboration and communication with each other. And so when the Neanderthals are coming at us, I have to I have the ability to say, hey, Ian, I think we should go to the left <laughs> because there's cliffs over there as we can hide in the trees or something. And you say, no, I think we should go to the right. And and there's, you know, there's it's going to be easier to hide, hide in the tall grass or something. And then we have a debate about it. And so we need the language of subtle debate and subtle understanding. And then we make a decision based on the most credible understanding that's available to us. And it literally gave us the planet. We became the most powerful animal in, in the history of the earth with that skill. But when we teach it in colleges, we say, what's the thing that you want to know? What's the thing that you want to say? Right? And so somebody wants to say that, um, you know, uh, jelly beans are healthy food and then what are the reasons that you see that as being credible and as long as we are clear you get a good grade on that essay so as long as you have evidence for something you can get through college the difficulty is of course there's a difference between having evidence for something and having credible evidence that is useful to somebody else for something so we teach people out to 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 speak and to write outside of human comprehension but let's go back to the neanderthals for a second the only reason that we have language is for human comprehension <laughs> so that we can collaborate with each other so we learned language where we say where we say as long as you are clear and can say the jelly beans are good for health you get an A on the project and then these people go into business and it becomes very expensive and it, and they become thought leaders and it becomes not useful to them because somebody else isn't going to comprehend that argument because they see what we are unable or unwilling to to speak about 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 how we are assessing that data and so that tends to be the fundamental miss and so we don't have a writing issue right a lot of the people who worked in that firm that, that you were mentioning earlier they went to harvard they went to brown they went to mit they, they, were, they were very smart people we don't have a writing issue we have a thinking issue that is showing up in the writing and that's the sort of fundamental, the, the, the big picture version of what I think people missed and, and, and why we've been successful so far. I really enjoyed what you just said uh, with, with that, Brian. Certainly, we need, uh, and the, the, the reference to Neanderthal, I mean, for sure, language has to develop. We need to collaborate and communicate with one another. And boy, is that important in business today. Uh, why? Well, the subtle debate and to understand each other. With the credibility, I, I really, really am fascinated with this whole topic. So when you started to see the world this way, Brian, did you know it would apply so directly to content marketing and sales? Did you know that right out of the gate? No. I thought I, I, thought I was going to be teaching um, report writing and technical writing and maybe some communication writing inside organizations and that's what we started doing and very quickly within 
the first couple of months of, of going out, I had no LinkedIn followers. I literally started LinkedIn in 2018. Um, and we started to get contracts, some pretty healthy contracts, really with just a couple of videos and some routine posting. Um, and people started to say, hey, you know, how did you do that? Like, like how how did you go out and and come back with with contracts? I've been trying to you know establish myself as a as a leader in in a space for you know five years or ten years, and I'm still getting mostly business by referral. And you you, you somehow come out here, you know nobody, and 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 people are are calling you. And so and and so here's the biggest thing that that I think that I have come to learn. A couple big things. One. Don't listen to marketers. They don't know what they're talking about. And particularly the bro digital marketers. They have no clue because they have been able to sell at very high levels to very high levels of desperation and desire. The difficulty is, of course, most of the people that you work with, Ian, most of the people that I work with, they are not desperate and they are not foolish. They are smart people, and so because our buyers are smart people, it's not that they couldn't have hired someone to come up with a solution. They didn't find they didn't find anybody who was speaking credibly enough that they thought they could actually solve the problem. And so, when you have that, when you have the ability to get credible information out quickly, meaning, of course, human comprehension. When you have the ability to get credible information out quickly, you expand the number of people who are willing to listen to what you have to say and develop a relationship with, and, and immediately they trust you because we, we misunderstand trust in the world, if you're asking me, not that anybody is, but we misunderstand trust in the world because we think people trust us because of what we know and I don't think people trust us because of what we know at all. I do think they trust us because of how we have assessed information in order to conclude it. And so when people begin to say, well, I really like how you think about these problems, whether or not I agree with everything you're suggesting, I really like how you think about these problems. You can make a lot of headway in content marketing in thought leadership and in speeches and those sorts of things. And it's not what traditional marketers or, or certainly digital marketers are speaking about, but it is how intelligent people actually comprehend information. So when you have that, there's a massive ROI on that side. But had I anticipated that? No, that's all done sort of in retrospect. I had, I, I'm looking back on that now and understanding that, but I hadn't really anticipated it at the time. Interesting. Fascinating, actually. So credibility actually expands our market and establishes that very critical element of trust uh, from what you're talking about. I'm sure our, our listeners are, have got their pen out. They're making notes on this as I am. And Brian, you speak a lot about credibility and it fascinates us. And you, and you say knowledge is often mistaken for credibility. What is the nuance here? Why does it matter? Okay, <laughs> this is, this is like a, I'm gonna. I, I love my dad. My dad passed away 15 years ago, so I, I have to be careful about about telling stories about him now. But um, but my dad was a philosopher, 
Okay. And so, and he taught in universities and he was a college president and he, uh, loved to quote people. So, so whenever something would happen, he, and, and, and in essence, it's a little bit, it's a little bit arrogant, right? It's a little bit, it's like, Hmm, what you're going through now is I'm going to, I'm going to, someone made a quote about this. Okay. And, and so, and so we, he very falsely, and a lot of people very falsely think that if we can call something, something, if we can call something a particular theory or understanding of the world or something, then, then we have credibility there. And we don't. We have a label for it, which is very different. Right. Right. And so, and so let's break that down for a second because I find this fascinating. And so, and so we think this happens really young, Ian. Like, this is really, like, it's so funny, right? But, but we say, we say, hey, child, of course we have to do this. There's no way around it. But, but let's think, but let's look at what we're doing. We say, hey, child, this is a book, right? This is a book. And then we hope that the child associates that structure with a book. But it's slightly different than what is actually happening as a matter of human comprehension when we speak it. What we're really saying is this thing with two covers and a binding and a whole bunch of pages in it with some fonts on it, that is called a book. Or or if we wanted to get really specific, I call it a book, right? Mommy mm-hmm. calls it a book. Daddy calls it a book, okay? If we want to get really specific. So so but we but we very falsely think that because I know it's a book, I have some power in the world. And I don't. I have a label for something, but I have no power in it. But the minute I can say well, let's look at the structure of this book. What can it be used for? What can I get out of it? What is the how, how do how do I know how to apply this assessment of things and then call it a book and say, well, it's sort of similar to books that don't have fonts in it, and so those might be books as well, right? And so and so I begin to get an assessed information of the world that I make meaning of, that I don't borrow from somebody else. But so long as I think knowledge is giving me power, not my assessments of my observation, then I have given up power to the people who originally label things or tell me what to think. And so if we want to make headway in the world, what is it that we need better language, more deeply understood where people walk into a market or walk into, meaning a, a you know, a public, uh, you know, like, 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 a, like a field, walk into a, walk into a field and say, this is what I think we've been missing. And knowledge isn't going to give you that because knowledge isn't going to give you assessment. It's going to, it's going to keep the status quo. But assessment is going to give you the ability to walk in and say, as I've been staring at this for a couple of years now, this is what I think we're missing. And that person just made a massive contribution to their field, to, to, to their business, to their organization. To, and it doesn't actually matter. This is what's fascinating me about this. Think about somebody selling you an uh, air conditioner. If the person comes in and says, you know, I'm looking and I, and I was going to talk to you about three or four different options here, but, but here's, here's the thing that I think we have to optimize around. It's, I, th- I think we should go with your original option because of this. You love that guy. 
You think that guy's fantastic. And all he did was sell you the one that you had already predicted. But why? Because he gained trust with his ability to make sense of a situation, not simply his ability to say, yes, I know this. This is the one you should go, go. I'm just going to put it in. And so, and so it's our ability to display that transparent thinking that allows us to build trust in relationship. And we fundamentally miss this. And so we think that knowledge is giving us power. It's not. It's the assessments that lead to that knowledge giving, that give us power. The academics miss it. The teachers miss it. The parents miss it. This is why we have a business, because... When we go into businesses, a lot of them have missed it too. So we we go and do these workshops. That's fascinating and, and just amazing. I love. I was getting goosebumps as you said assessment. One of my favorite words in the world is assessment. Because how do you fix anything if you haven't properly assessed it and understood it in your in your own brain in your own thinking? Uh, so assessment could be the bridge to this valuable word called trust. And I explain, if you would, your statement, uh, Brian, experts get deep fast. What do you mean when you say that? Awesome. So let's go back to the Neanderthals for a second. The Neanderthals are faster than us, and they're bigger than us. So we have a limited amount of time for you and I to make the decision, are we going to go to the right or are we going to go to the left? So if I started wasting some of that time, said, you know, I really love the way the sun is today, <laughs> you'd be like, <laughs> Brian, <laughs> I'm leaving you here. <laughs> I'm yeah. done with you, right? And so, and so think now about how do we know somebody is really expert and really dialed into what they're talking about? Think about the experts um, that get on something like CNN when they're like generals and they're talking about the war in the Ukraine and the general comes on, the general says, okay, I know what you're saying about there's all these losses and there's all this fighting and and Russia's moving territory, but here's what I'm looking at. I'm seeing, I'm saying this is the first sentence that he says, I'm seeing there are four supply lines in three of them are already blown up. The fourth one is on its way to be blowing up. You can see tanks moving this way and you, you can hear the radio things. So I think, even though it looks terrible now and that Russia is moving into certain parts of the territory, I think we're looking at a situation where Russia is literally going to have trouble refueling within the next two or three weeks. And that's really the war we're fighting. It's not the one where all the headlines are, right? And that person gets that out, not in the first, you know, not at minute 10. That person gets that out in the first seven to 10 seconds that they're speaking. And you immediately say, I trust this person. So, so what's happening there that is allowing us to trust them, right? And this is what content marketing is. This is what good report writing is. This is what good speeches is everything. What's happening there? What that person is saying is, I am expert enough to have made all of the connections that I need to, com- to make, and I understand your point of view perfectly, and I can very quickly say, these are the connections that I have made that I think are most appropriate to this situation and this question, and only an expert could do that. Somebody who isn't expert would have to say, well, I'd have to study it, but the things that I'm looking, going to be looking for are supply lines and, right? But that person, that person is non-CNN. 
that person doesn't get on CNN. That per- the, the one who's on CNN is the one who looks at the, at the image and says, yeah, okay, here's what's happening. And they immediately know. So when we do content marketing, that's the trick, right? People think, oh, you have to gain attention. You have to gain views. You have to get, you can do a lot if you simply show that in the first two or three sentences that, that people can see, right, when they, when they are scrolling down the field, that you have a deeper understanding of something that is valuable to them than anybody else on LinkedIn that day. That will do it. That if, if you have that, you have just created a relationship with somebody where they say you are an expert, and that is invaluable to your business, to the credibility of your business, your ability to build ROI, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, the words, even those simple two words that you said at the beginning of that, of that scenario, Brian, it, it, it began to, to, to just put me on the road of trust. I'm seeing the fact that, okay, someone doesn't say that without depth, without some kind of deeper understanding of the topic or the subject. So I, I see some connections there. I see assessment to, yes. to credibility, credibility to trust. And when you've established some trust, you're right. The beginnings of that relationship is on. It, 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 this is making complete sense, and it's fascinating uh, to me, and I'm sure to our listeners. So, Brian, Thank how you. do these principles help companies earn ROI and expand market share uh, to their intelligent buyers? How, how does that help in, in the business context? Love it. So one thing, if we'll, I'll, I'll dive back for a second, and then we'll, we'll dive into this one. We have, uh, this is going to be conservative. It's probably higher than this, okay? We have probably an 80% conversion rate on people that we have sales calls with. And so, and it's probably higher than that. Um, that, that that's conservative. I'm just willing to say that publicly. If, if I really studied it, it would be higher. Um, Here's what I think people miss, and it's massive. If if your listeners take nothing else from from this call, I, I hope I hope they take this. All of the advice that they have been given, some of them, have been given by people who are not as intelligent as they are. So throw it out. Be be done with that advice now, and. And there is an instinct that many people who are listening to this have, which is, I would love to speak to really intelligent buyers. I would love to do that, but I can't find them. Okay. The reason that we can't find them is we aren't marketing to them because the marketers didn't teach us how to do it and they don't know how to do it. So, so we, aren't, we aren't getting the intelligent buyer on the phone. Because we're saying, if you have this problem, call me. Well, the intelligent buyer has found a workaround for that problem already because they're intelligent, right? By the way, the intelligent buyer is also the one who has the checkbooks at the organizations you want to work with. They're also the ones who own the businesses you want to work with. And so, and so if we're in business to earn profit and and money among other things hopefully serving people primarily then we want the intelligent buyer but the messaging is often going to the desperate buyer so so we're marketing to somebody where we say if you have this problem 
call me, and then we are really trying to assess how desperately they need an answer to the problem, and we want them to trade on their desperation, not on our credibility to solve it. The minute we can start trading on our credibility to solve it and presenting that first, very different people call you. Massively different people call you, and they've been waiting for you, right? Like they've been they've been sitting on the sidelines, and the marketers don't even know that they're there because they haven't spoken to them in a generation, but they're waiting for you. And so the minute we start with some of this stuff, this is what I'm seeing. This is how I'm assessing. This is how I'm right. This is this is what I'm, and and that's the content that you put out. You get a different person on the phone, and then you run them through your system, and you say, this is this is how I would approach this problem, and this is. Uh, let me see. Does that does that make sense to you? They say yes. When can you? When can we start? And and so right because because what are they looking for? They're looking for can I trust your ability to assess and solve my problem? Don't trade on my desperation. Trade on your own credibility to solve it. When we move the content marketing, when we move the thought leadership to that space, the ROI there there are far more people out there than we think there are looking for our services. We just have to start marketing to them. Makes. So much sense. 80% salespeople, sales leaders who are listening to this episode, what would happen to your business if you could sit down and say, we now have an 80% conversion rate? Brian, I'm surprised your phone isn't ringing off the hook. That is incredibly uh, uh, impressive. And, and you know, at the same time, it's possible. I love that you just said they've been waiting for us. And yes. we just need to talk the right way to them uh, to, to open those doors and begin those valued relationships with intelligent buyers, not the desperate ones only. Because the minute you say desperate only, your market shrinks. It, it becomes, you've got to be on the lookout for the, you know, wh- who's bleeding, right? It's like ambulance chasing instead of, you know, uh, wisdom and credibility spreading. So it's a, it's a 180 degree shift in our thinking. Brian, I want to thank you very much. Uh, again, my guest this week has been Brian Morgan, president of Think Deeply, right clearly in New York. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for, for, for coming on the podcast and sharing this fascinating wisdom with our listeners today. Thank you very much for minutes of your time and for your listeners for some of their time. Really appreciate the opportunity to, to share these thoughts with you and, and, and to spare some time with you. That's fantastic. Once again, thank you, Brian. And thank you for listening to Confessions of a Sales Pro. If you have found this episode informative and helpful, we would be honored and appreciative if you would share this podcast with other great salespeople like yourself. And we look forward to you joining us for all new episodes weekly, every Thursday. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. If you'd like us to help you grow your sales commissions, visit us at salesmentoryou.com. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins. With Ian Selby.